previously on the Dave and Steve show. You're going to hear the yeah. the little yodeling guy going up the mountain. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I, I feel like April's pretty cocky and it could lose a day. If there was a month I'd like to just punch in the throat, it would be April. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a sick day and I'm at home. So I'm going to turn the volume to the price is right on. Uh, Tracy, that's, that's it for headlines. Um, thanks for, that's, uh, that's the news. Thanks for reading those headlines. So, so they were wandering around and she just popped out and spanked the officer. In her eyes, she didn't do anything wrong, which is why she was so shocked to be going to jail for slapping a sexy cop in the ass. That is, I mean, that's a nice story, right? And that if in, in the event your house is broken into, that um, that the, eventually the, the meth addicts realize that, uh, that they find your home to be less of an opportunity and more of a resort. Imagine his surprise when he's, you know, in the bubble bath uh, with his high-powered <laughs> rifle with scope next to him now the dave and steve show news desk did some fact finding on this part of the story to determine that the closet actually did not in fact eat his jackets he just didn't hang up his shit like he's been told to over and over by his parents right you have him over well, a million I, I, thousand dollars <laughs> what the hell just happened but uh anyway this is ridiculous talk dave's pulling sure. his hair out right now and right uh, and i apologize to him as he listens to this um for driving our content into the ground. Show number 95 of the Dave and Steve show. I am Dave sitting right alongside me a mere 27 miles away is Steve. Hi. <laughs> and from parts unknown. The lovely and buxom Tracy. Wow, am I uh, in a mood tonight? Off and running on show number 95. We're all thrown off a little bit because we're just talking. The video conferencing service that we use to see each other when we record these shows has reformatted. And it's put us all into these slender side-by-side Ocean's Eleven style boxes. But if we move even a few inches either way, as I'm doing right now... You, the the camera doesn't come with you, and obviously, and it doesn't know how to track you, <clears throat> and so you just step out of the frame. So we're gonna have to stay like perfectly still, and it's making us all tense, and it's weird. And Steve's out of the frame, and I can't see him, and show's already falling apart. Let's talk about last week's show. Well, and b- wait before we do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, so we're gonna do this on the air? No, I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna keep this positive. Actually, I, I the dressing I, down. I thought the show was great. We're gonna get to that in just a second here. I did want to lead things off with a bit of correspondence that we got. Uh, this is, this one's actually interesting because this listener comes to us from the UK. And uh, as you'll hear in a little bit, we're going to talk about a wedding that I attended. The groom's name in that is Phil. This is not the same Phil. This Phil is from the UK. And he writes, just wanted to get in touch to tell you that you're an asshole, Dave. He actually says arsehole. And then he says the transatlantic translation is asshole. Uh, your podcast is now supplanting my long-standing couple of guys shooting the shit podcast, which is BBC's Kermode and Mayo. You should also know that your abject despair at the guys for maybe not being as funny as the previous episode is actually, ironically, funny as F. So okay. why is Dave an a-hole? Well, I listen on my way to work through the woods, and it's like mm-hmm. you know every time I'm about to pass another sourpuss dog walker. Because you make me LOL or snort with laughter. I am now that grinning weirdo stalking the woods at sunrise. Again, you're an arsehole. 
There's definitely an art in telling stories because I recounted my story, or excuse me, recounted my story, recounted your story about your wife breaking everything in the house with her superhuman strength to my wife, and now my wife thinks you're a rude misogynist. Sorry about that. You're an arsehole, but great work. Take it easy. And that's from Phil in the UK. You know, that's really quite quite a thing to be a misogynist on two continents. Yeah. That's not yeah. that's not easy. I don't I you know I thought back to that story. I I I have been a misogynist in lots of other stories I think, but when I thought about that story, that story was just about my wife's superhuman strength. I I was and, not uh, just tyranny of will. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't you just I was get things yeah. done. Yes, I and that's a cultural thing when we when we showed this this sort of admiration for for women other country other countries and their cultures really i i, I just think see through it a lot more <laughs> yeah that's, that's, how, that's how it is in the uk for sure yes uh, for sure. so sp speaking speaking of fans so let's talk last week's show and the uh, game show that the two of you jack wagons played okay mm -hmm. and you had you had fans on had those fans listened to more than eight seconds of the Dave and Steve show? Because I'm pretty sure the one question that Steve gave them the 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 one player credit for uh, was the answer peach water. But if you go back and listen to his answer of peach water, he actually says, uh, peach water? And Steve's like, yes, there you go. Of course, that's the one that I talk about. It shows you listen to the show. But, uh, we, we had bird calls. They got most of them right. Bird calls was also a, a wild guess. The first person said dogs, and the second one was like, I don't know, birds. Like, yeah. come, come on. Yeah. Come birds, on. I, I, I don't know. I, sounded, I, thought, I thought she totally. Oh, that was very convincing. I'm, I'm I mean, very convincing. I'm only, I'm only being an <laughs> this, this really, I think, I think this is the new age of podcast listeners like they don't want to identify with us too closely or, or listen so to they, us they yeah so that when they when they're close to us they sort of pretend to not know us like a lot of girls yeah. i went to high school with you know see i gotta recenter myself in the camera again it's weird i felt bad because i i like i pulled out a fair a pretty obscure reference from and i'm like oh no they'll of course of course of course they'll get this one about Jimbo Billy Bob's country sweat machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That apparently meant a hell of a lot more to us than it did to anybody else, but that's, you know, that's okay. I wonder if Jimbo Billy Bob's country swing machine ever uh, swung through the UK. Right. I will say this. I have a, I now have a standing eBay notification for Jimbo Billy Bob's country swing machine in case, in case a cherry one comes up for sale at some point. They're all, mine is the, I mean, head and shoulders above the rest in terms of, how well it is held up it's a little mm -hmm. rusty it's got a couple of chips on it and things these ones i mean they look like they have been outside since this thing was released in 1983 like just sitting literally outside some of them are so rusty and torn apart so i'm still waiting for that elusive white whale the the one like really nice jimbo billy bob's now, country is there a machine. piece is there an accessory to this whole thing that you don't have i mean it's like i've got the whole thing but he had he had his pony rex that uh that yeah. you know we lost so here's what i am missing and there is without a doubt so mm -hmm. when you bought jimbo Bill we're not going to talk about jimbo billy bob too much, <laughs> but when you talk when you bought jimbo billy bob's country swing machine what you got was a a large uh metal truck uh with mm -hmm. trailer and when i say large think you know at least a couple feet long i mean it, it was it was a big toy truck mm -hmm. and with it came jimbo billy bob with a removable hat 
Jimbo Billy Bob's mic and mic stand, two monitors, mm-hmm. two speakers that sat behind him, and that way you could set it all up on the top of his truck and put Jimbo up on top. But then okay. the key piece was the flimsy, square-shaped 45 record that had the Jimbo Billy Bob theme song on it. So you could put that on the record player, and then you could be Jimbo Billy Bob giving his country music performance of a goddamn uh-huh. lifetime on top of his Jimbo Billy Bob country swing machine, bringing joy to the towns all over the South. Because I assume that's where he toured mostly, because that's probably where he got his, his traction. Wow. But, so what what is missing from a lot of these are the little... I don't even have Jimbo Billy Bob anymore. I literally have the truck. So I'm looking for that elusive one that still has the the Jimbo Billy Bob, the mic stand, the monitors, the speakers, and that 45, that elusive so did, 45. So did he just sing? I mean, did he have backing? Uh, he didn't have a backing band. Did he have a, an acoustic guitar, a Telecaster, anything? He, he did have a guitar. That's the other thing. He had a little plastic guitar that hung around him. But, I mean, this was literally the guy who drove town to town in his truck, got out, set everything up on top of the truck, which is a feat by yourself to get up on that truck and haul giant monitors and things. No chimpanzee well, or anything to help him. Is there a ladder on <laughs> on it? No, there was so no. He, so, he, so he had to find a ladder or carry one around in his in his um, trailer. Or there. climb up on the cab of his truck and hoist it up onto the trailer. Yeah, so this guy was a doer. That's that's plain and simple. He was a doer. He yeah. got things. Nobody wanted to sign him to a record deal. Jimbo Billy Bob went out and found his own fans. That's what happened. Yeah, he, he is the original indie artist. That's right. Where he yeah. traveled around selling his own. Yep, Radio um, Free America. Stuff, which is right. why he needed that. Um, he really needed the uh, the truck because he's he's carting all the, all that product around with him. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's exactly right. His singles, his albums, his double albums, his box sets. Um, and he has to then, then he has to man the merch table. Oh, yeah. all by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's tough. So yeah. if anybody out there is listening has a mint Jimbo Billy Bob, let me know. Uh, I'm in the market, but I did want to say before we move on. Mm-hmm. I was only kidding about the 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 game show last week, of course. That's my role on this show is to be the quote-unquote arsehole, and I was just being a dick. But it was actually fun and entertaining, and I'm glad they at least got a few questions right because I went into it when I when you guys first explained what it was. I was terrified as I was listening that they weren't going to get a single one and we were going to look like complete <laughs> complete dicks. So, uh, Steve, no. what are you up to there? Are you searching for Jimbo Billy Bob? I am. Yeah, I am that's what I figured. Frantically trying to, I'm trying to find the song is what I'm trying to find. Yeah, yeah, I've I've done that. I've gone down that rabbit hole. It sent me places I'm I'm ashamed <laughs> of, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, once you've once you've entered swing machine into your uh into your right. search engine, you, things uh things have turned dark. You but know, uh, you know who's gonna have that is is a is a is a collector, is a listener in the UK. Right, that, exactly. That's how it yeah. always is because they the listeners in the UK have um, the only recording of, you know, uh, T-Bone Jenkins, um, you know, <laughs> 1928, um, first time a blues scale was played on, yeah. you know, a, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. one of those cones, right? Like no, one of those cylinders. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, um, British people do not mess about. They, mm-hmm. they, when they collect, they, they collect. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, it's like Jimbo Billy Bob only the uk version when they put their heart into something they put their whole heart into it and they what make would, it what happen would jimbo, what would jimbo billy bob's name be in the uk did anybody else hear the bleep 
Yeah, I yeah. heard that. Was that another? Yeah, like, just it probably is still. Beat? Well, it's probably the same one that I missed last time. That is still sitting God, there. So such whatever. An amateur. Anyway, Steve, right. back to your back to your question, Jimbo Billy Bob in the UK. What would he be called? I just, yeah, I wonder what his what his name would be. Um, you know, what would 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 they be Scottish? If, I don't. I don't know. I feel like it. It would have to do with either mince pie or Nigel. One of those two would be in there somewhere. What's the South um, version? What what's the South equivalent? Um, so I think you have to go north. That's I, exactly I right. Have, I think yeah, the more you north, have to go you go north. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. to be in a more rural area, perhaps like yeah, Hall or the Welsh. Okay. <laughs> so speaking of other places around the world, I have to ask mm-hmm. before we get into what you did last summer. Or last summer, I know what you did last summer. Uh, before we get into what you did last week, I wanted to ask: Do you guys get into the Olympics at all? Do either of you, do you watch the Olympics? Do you get oh, caught up in I the Olympics? I used to. Used to quite a bit, yes. And I uh, I remember even like on school days when I was younger, if I was homesick during the Olympics, and often I would be, uh, just ice hockey or most sure. of the team sports. But uh, not, it, it has some of the best and worst things to watch. It's hard to say like, Oh, I'm just, I just love all the Olympics. Mm, no. no. So Steve, what about you? Are, are you an Olympic guy at all? Um, uh, certain events I like to watch. We don't have, we don't have the ability to really watch it on TV. So we have to wait for the YouTube videos and watch right. those. So like just before dinner, uh, my son, Zach, uh, brought up on the TV, uh, in YouTube, he brought up Chloe Kim's, um, right. Sure. A snowboarding run where she scored a 94 and that was fun to watch. I, I like that stuff. I like watching curling for some reason because I just, I find it kind of fascinating. So but- it's funny cause my son and I were just talking about curling today and I was just saying like, cause I did, I watched some of that as well this year and, and I've watched curling before. I actually went curling once as part of a team building event and it was fun. But what it taught me was that not only is there a tremendous amount of skill, because that's such a long lane to push a stone down and have it like land within inches of where you wanted it to, if not right where you wanted it to. But on top of that, the degree of athleticism, you will never you will never convince me that bowling is a quote unquote athletic sport. If you can right. if you can play a sport sitting in a chair at the end of the lane and roll the ball and still compete, to me that's not a sport. And I know people will have different opinions. I, I don't care. My mom was a bowler for many years. I don't think she even thinks it was a sport. But with curling, that sweeping that they do, <laughs> just try to do that motion without holding a broom. No, for... I get tired of doing it in my house. I couldn't imagine <laughs> right. doing it on the ice. Try yeah. doing it at that speed just for 15, 20 seconds and see how, and then put a broom in your hand and then put yourself on ice and then have 18 people screaming at you because you're not sweeping the right way or sweeping fast enough and all that. That is definitely a sport. So, the only reason that I asked about the Olympics at all is I do the same thing every year, which is <clears throat> I tell myself I don't care. Ah, yeah, if it's on, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to really get into it. And then I get hooked. And they have made such a sweet science out of the storytelling of the Olympics yeah. to get you feeling that sense of national pride and all the things that go along with it. There's always some story. I was watching the biathlon, the women's biathlon the other day because because some one of the stories was one of the American competitors. Her uncle died, but just like a week before he died, he gave her her first bullet for her rifle or some. There was some story behind that. So she had the bullet etched and hanging from her neck and like a so and there's always and then before long, I've watched five straight hours of the Olympics and I'm totally into finding out. 
mm-hmm. who wins the women's biathlon that I will never watch again in my life until the next Olympics. You were the same way with the Jackass movies, though. Really. <laughs> that it, It's almost the exact same thing. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's almost entirely. Well, I was just curious. I just wanted a temperature check. I don't know. I know, like, the last Olympics, the ratings were completely in the toilet. I just feel like I don't know... Well, I don't want to get political, so it's fine. We'll just we'll move on. Not as many people are watching it as they used to, but I still get hooked on it. So let's talk about what we did last week. And I'm going to talk about what I did in the last two weeks. But the one that is fresh in my mind is not the Moab wedding, as you might expect. We're going to get to that because right. that's my other thing that I got. The, the thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is, so we've been, I mentioned we've got this balcony that's leaked and we're getting people out to look at it and all that kind of stuff. And then our washing machine and dryer bust i mean literally both of them within both? hours within hours of each other went up the 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 dryer makes this horrific squeak it smells weird uh the washing machine the sensor on the door itself has stopped functioning so it's hard to get it started you literally have to like sit on the lid yeah, and jiggle that's around. A murder suicide <laughs> there's for sure. right and it's also got an issue with the drum that is making some weird banging noise so we're just like look we got to replace these we got to do the balcony We've got a few other things around the house that we've wanted to take care of for a long time. And so we decided we were going to go the HELOC route, the home equity line of credit. And for those of you who know anything about me, and and I've even mentioned on this show, I recently, over the last few years, have paid off a shitload of debt. And so that it makes me nervous, but in a good way. It makes me nervous enough that I'm going to use it for exactly what I need. I'm going to pay it off immediately. It will be paid off this year. But when all these things hit at the same time, we're like, this is what we're going to do. So we applied for it really fast, super easy thing to do, especially given that I've now pulled my credit score up to a very respectable level and don't have any huge debt or anything like that. So we secure this and they say, hey, we're going to send a notary out. What time do you want the notary to come out? They can come out anytime up until 10 p.m. So I said, <laughs> 10 p.m. is a little late. How about like seven? Seven will work fine. <clears throat> Sounds great. She's going to be out. So she calls me on the phone and I forget what her name is. We'll call her Mary. Mary calls me on the phone. She says, uh, hey, uh, I just wanted to confirm your appointment for tonight. And I said, no, that's great. And I said, did they give you the gate code? Because we're in a gated community. No, they did not. I said, okay, here's the gate number. Now, the first sign that something was a little off was Mary said, well, that's going to be easy to remember because the first two numbers are the year that my dad was born. And the second two numbers are the year I graduated. I said, that's great. You will never forget our gate code. She said, I've already forgotten your gate code. And I laughed and, ha, 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 yes. She said, no, I really did. Can you give it to me again? Now, this woman just told me herself two very key things that were attached to this. Correct. So I I was like, okay, you're not kidding. I didn't say that, of course, but that's what was going on in my head. I gave her the gate code again. This time she said, I wrote it down. I'm good to go. So 7 o'clock, she comes out. And I thought, because I was the only one who ran through the loan application, I thought it was just going to be me that needed to sign papers. So I, I brought her in. My wife said, hey, I'm going to stay in the in the bedroom. I'm going to do some beating in there and watch a show. If you need me, come get me. I'll come out. So we start in on this. And the lady's nice. She's just talking about different things. She's from the area. She knows the town of Snohomish, which is the town right next to where I live. She knows that town very well. She knows a lot of people in the town. So she's she's chatty, without a doubt. So then my wife comes out of the room, and when she comes out of the bedroom, because she had to sign something, when she comes out, I close the door behind her, and we've got our, our big dog and our small dog locked in that room along with the cat. All three animals in there. Well, my lab is a complete, as Steve knows, just a complete attention whore. Has to meet everybody, has to wiggle around everybody, just loves people. 
So he's mad that he's trapped in the bedroom and he lets out a bark. And she's like, do you have dogs? And I said, yeah, we do. She's like, well, you can let him out. And I said, nah, he's a 90 pound lab. He's going to run into you. He knocked my mom over and just about killed her. Like, it's fine. It's better if he just stays in the room. That's when things went sideways. She said, well, I had two dogs. I had two Yorkies. And my oh. wife said, oh, yeah, we love Yorkies. They're so cute. And she said, yeah, one died on, I had to have one put down on Christmas. And my wife said, oh, that's, that's too bad. Now all the paper signing stopped. Everything mm -hmm. ground to a halt. While, yep. while she took her phone and began scrolling through her phone, my wife will back me up on this entire story, started scrolling through her phone. Here's a picture of my dog. Of course, we're nice people. So we say, oh, super cute. That's what a cute little guy. Here's another one of him. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, here's one where he's wearing the sweater that I knitted for him. I knitted them matching sweaters. He wore his all the time before I had to have him put down. Oh, that's really cute. Uh, on Christmas. Pretty soon we're eight pictures in. We're nine pictures in of her showing us pictures. And, and it's not a quick like, here's one swipe, here's one swipe, here's... It is, I got to find the one that I want to show you where he had the little, the little flower in his mouth. He was so cute. Look at this one. Then she begins to show us pictures of the dog... Not the day it was put down, but uh -huh. the, the moment it was put down. She said, here he is in the vet's office. And, uh, you know, this was just a few minutes before they came in and put him down. And like, oh, that's too bad. And she's like, here, here he is with the IV hooked up to him. She is a notary coming to our house so that we can sign some legal documents and she can go on her way. And now we're now I actually said this is easily the darkest paper signing I've ever been involved in already. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what would be harder to do. And I, I said, I, I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Well, let me tell you where it went from there. After we got done with dead dogs and there was a lot of talk about the dead dogs. Then we went into the second dog and how the second dog cried over the first dog. Now, I'm 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 a firm believer that two dogs that have hung out together as long as they have. One of them is going to feel a sense of loss. Dogs can get depressed, all that kind of stuff. I'm not disputing that for a moment. What I am disputing is that this dog just had runny, watery eyes, and she said that the dog cried for weeks. She Now she wanted to sh show us picture after picture of the living dog with those yeah. little wet spots under their under their eyes that every dog on earth gets. Yeah. She claimed the dog was crying, and those that look at... Well, I think that substantiates something I've thought for a long time, that dogs generally are depressed. Right, right. Right. Even when they're looking happy, they're just trying to... She got a divorce. She got a divorce from her husband because her husband got hooked on fentanyl. On fentanyl? Yeah. Her okay. her stepmom is hooked on fentanyl. Mm. She has a sister-in-law who took her kids and went into hiding. Uh and the sister-in-law also on fentanyl. Uh okay. and they don't know where the kids are and they haven't seen the kids in months. Mm. Uh her mother was taught how to speak English by a Native American indigenous person who lived in Snohomish and was part of the Snohomish tribe. And in return, she showed her how to can pickles. Her great, great aunt is the first person buried in the Snohomish cemetery. She died when she was two. And she's the first headstone, the first tombstone in the Snohomish cemetery. Uh, I could go on, but these, all of these things, you know what all these things were doing? They were keeping me from signing the goddamn papers that I just wanted to sign. They told us it would be the, the guy on the phone, the banker on the phone said, it'd probably be about half an hour. She was here for an hour and 20 minutes because she just, and, and Steve, you know, because I know your wife is the same way. My wife is a warm person. She will never say, hey, let's just get to it. We kind of, you know, it's getting late kind of thing. She won't do that. 
she smiles and she says, that's, oh, that's too bad about, you know, your relative. I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, that's very interesting that your mom learned English. She sort of goads her on without meaning to goad her on. It's just her trying to be nice and not wanting right. to say. I, I do the same thing. Right, right. <laughs> I, and I don't mean to, but I'll ask the next question and then and then I'll unlock this whole thing. Yeah, and the, and yeah. yeah. And so it yeah. just went, it just went on and on and on and on. So. Finally got the paper signed, got her out of the house. That's fine. So that's that side of things. The only thing I will say about that, because I know I've rambled a little bit. The only thing I will say about the Moab wedding is the two days leading up to the Moab wedding, it was in the 50s. It was sunny. We went out and hiked. At a certain point, people like went out in layers, like three or four layers. At a certain point, people were down to T-shirts with things tied around their waist because you're working, you're hiking these crazy long hikes. Sure. Uh, some of them get pretty intense with some of the things you have to climb and things like that. So, you know, it's it's great. Come wedding day, <laughs> at the time of wedding, I'd say mid to maybe upper 20s. Uh, mm -hmm. Wind blowing. They got married in a literal cavern. Uh, that's the only way I can describe it. Imagine a cave, but there's actually no top to the cave. It's this thin, slender th pathway that you have to walk down through the rocks and then it opens up a little bit in kind of an alcove so there's no top on it but you're still effectively in a cave problem is the path that you just inched your way down the wind just cuts down through it so you're literally just getting blasted with cold wind wind chill we we figured was probably a t it, it probably felt like it was about 12 degrees this is an outdoor wedding it's in late afternoon and there are like bridesmaids just wearing dresses. My wife just had a dress on. Like most people, nobody had like coats on. Go ahead, Steve. No, I just said that's rough. Yeah. yeah and and I know, uh, how did that $80 suit ha uh, handle the cold? <laughs> Turns out the $80 suit is $80 because they put absolutely no padding of any sort no in it. Matter. It is paper thin. Jacket uh, in name only. <laughs> it, it is. It was a. It was bitter cold. The sand was blowing through there, so everybody had sand grit in their teeth. Listen, it's going to be a memorable wedding, without a doubt, and it's not to say it wasn't a beautiful wedding. It was sunny. It wasn't raining or anything like that, but it was ice cold. Your pictures looked great. It was really fun to see uh, to see all the places that you went, at least the ones that you took pictures of. Yeah, and it's me, so I have to do things like I'm in one of the most beautiful places on Earth, and... Uh, I, my wife climbed up into this little alcove on the side of a rock as we were like walking up. She's like, hey, climb up next to me and take a picture. So I climbed up on all fours and then spread my butt cheeks for the camera and they took a picture of that. So the, the one time my wife wanted like a sentimental picture of us, I, it's me spreading my butt cheeks. Yeah. So there are things like that. But they, uh, Steve, you, you weren't with us. I wonder how that's going to go over in the UK. <laughs> Steve, showing my arsehole. Steve, you weren't with us, but... Uh, uh, when we first started the show, when we were off air and we were just kind of chatting, I, I mentioned to Tracy, so I landed in Salt Lake City. Now you're at an mm -hmm. international airport. You're going to, everybody has a mask and they've got the little speaker things going and masks are required with it. So we had a mask on. Now we left the Seattle area. Everybody, here, not everybody, but a good chunk of people here wear masks. So we had a mask on when we got on the plane because it's required. We had a mask on when we got off at the Salt Lake airport. We go to the rental car place. That guy is wearing a mask. So we're like, we didn't even think anything of it. We had our masks on because we rode the airport shuttle to there. We walk in, the guy's got a mask. So we didn't take our mask off. We just wore a mask. We rent the car and we start driving to Moab. And it's about a five hour drive. And about halfway through, my wife decides she needs to take a stop. So we take a stop. And as we're walking out of this place, there's a woman walking in and she has no mask on. 
And she looks at us and gives an open scoff and then says, sheeple, and walks by. Uh So Mm -hmm. that's the first time that we actually looked around in the, we were in a supermarket because it had a little Starbucks attached. That's the first time we looked around and actually looked around. Nobody had a mask on. Nobody at all had a mask on. And so we're like, oh, okay. Well, we're, I mean, we're, we're mask wearers, but we're also, we're fine, especially if you're socially distanced and all that kind of stuff. We don't worry too much about a mask. So we're like, all right, we're going to be outside a lot. We'll just leave the mask off. It was so liberating. It was so nice just to go a full week without putting a mask on at all. Not once. And just kissing strangers in oh, yeah. public again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it's like the buff, the before times. It was it it was it's one of those things where you don't know what you got until it's gone. This was a I didn't realize how great it was not to be wearing a mask until I didn't have to wear a mask for an entire week in in Utah. So thanks Utah for that and the magic underpants. All right, Tracy, what'd you do last week? Well, I uh, I sat at the uh, dinner table and I listened to a very rousing discussion that my family <clears throat> was having very seriously, and I can't tell you how many times. I have tried to start uh, perfectly good, serious conversations with my family at the dinner table. And it always uh, it devolves into uh, just chaos and me yelling at everyone. And, and I just kill the vibe, as you may may expect. But they are earnestly engaged in, in something that they all care about a lot. And so I began just, just listening very carefully because they had, they had points and counterpoints and questions and they would start to interrupt with something and then they go, Oh no, no, go ahead. I thought you were finished. And they're like being polite and everything. And so it was, uh, and I'm just, I am just befuddled. I am just quiet. I'm listening to the whole thing. And it's really about like, should we switch, uh, should we switch a streaming service? Mm. Um, uh, uh, so there's a, there's been a rate hike. Uh, yeah, uh, among one of the uh, major um, um, uh, streaming services, and so uh, th- that happened. We, I guess, we were grandfathered into it at one point. I don't see the bill. Apparently, I work and pay for it, but I don't see it or anything. And uh, so, and they're talking about all the all the stuff that they want to watch and uh, weighing the pros and cons very uh, intelligently. And uh, I didn't have a damn thing to say about it. I just listened to it because I don't care. And uh, so apparently, uh, I just I'm just gonna set this out there. I anticipate a very big change in some of the streaming content. Wow. Uh, from a video standpoint, going I, on. I feel like we should have had like a breaking news type of thing, Tracy. This is this you sh- you should have let us you should have warned us. There are people yeah, fainting I, right I, now. I didn't want to make a big deal about it. Obviously, we're all very excited about it, and I doubt. I mean, there's gonna be. It's we're going into a weekend. Okay. And so this change could be made. There's going to be some sleeplessness tonight uh, in anticipation about like what tomorrow might be, you know, yeah. when everyone's in their yeah. own rooms, watching their own screens and not talking to each other anymore. And I'm going to look forward to that. But uh, um, but uh, I don't uh, I don't really care much uh, what they're consuming. Uh, I don't need to know what it is that they're switching off of or thinking about switching off of. But I am interested in what the difference is yeah um yeah which means i need to know mm-hmm. what so i like if you were to go from netflix to just amazon prime mm-hmm. i mean i feel like there's i mean there's there's 
there's, there's a fair amount of crossover there and there's some different emphasis and and i'll tell you we have both of those the uh -huh. only one that really watches amazon prime with at with any regularity is me and that means like once every two months yeah yeah so yeah. you get that you get that with the with the you know service for getting free shipping and stuff so i i feel like that's right that's not one that you you don't really get rid of that one because it's just kind of always there but if you're going from if you're deciding you're going to cut the cable on um netflix so that you can go to like peacock or paramount <laughs> like i'm like wow that's a very interesting decision I'm, yeah I'm and I'll, I'll i'll kind of report because they they were kind of weighing this whole thing like well what what do we lose and what, what do we gain from it so mm -hmm. Um, there was a lot, a lot of discussion. If they used half the seriousness that they used yeah. in that discussion for, you know, some actual important things in our family, I think uh, we'd be a, a lot better off. But um, so, but I was encouraged that they were capable of carrying on that conversation. Quick, quick question for you guys. So <laughs> I'll start with Steve on this. Steve, what are what would you say your top three in order streaming services are, meaning the ones you use the most in your house right now? Okay. So let's, let's set, we just talked about Amazon prime. Let's set that aside. Let's let's not call. Yeah. yeah let's cause that's, that's coming. You're everybody. You're going to get that. All right. Um, I would say that what's your number one, most watched streaming service in your house collectively. Good Lord. Probably HBO max. Okay. Um, I would say that followed by, yeah, followed by probably Disney Plus, and then um, and then Netflix. Okay, uh, then Disney Plus, then Netflix. Okay, uh, Tracy, what about you? What's your most watched? Do you think collectively? Oh, easy, easy. It's Netflix. Okay, without a doubt, it's uh, it's Netflix, and then maybe second might be Plex. Plex. Oh my God. Is yeah, this, and it's mostly because I have a media server. <laughs> What's that? Is this, is this some open source Linux streaming service? No, I mean Plex is around. I mean it's just okay. I don't know. I, I don't think it's open source. Your, all your burned discs, right? Yeah. Or whatever. Well, I mean most of my like my music, my music is like I can just tap into that like my music on all my systems through. Okay, Plex, what's number so three? I don't have a third one. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we have. I mean, if we're setting aside Amazon Prime. I'd have to ask the family what they watch because okay. I don't. I okay. seriously don't know. So we uh, we all had Netflix. Uh, my mm -hmm. my number one, Steve, as well is HBO Max. Uh, we all had Netflix. Steve and I both had HBO Max as number one. My second was actually Hulu. I watch Hulu all the time uh, for mm -hmm. many different things, and part of the reason for that is I also have it tied to Stars, and there's one other I think Showtime are all included in Hulu. So I'm using that as as a conduit for several, so I don't know if it really counts, but I still, that's number two. And then number three is Netflix. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm going to have to- Because I'm, two bleeps in the last time you I, recorded. I know. And... I'm going to have to go find these and get them out of here. I love it. Otherwise, Absolutely. people are going to think we are the crudest podcast on the face of the planet. So, okay. Well, that was just an impromptu. I just wanted to see where, where people were at. Uh, if you want to send in your uh, top three streaming services, send them to the Dave and Steve show at gmail.com. And we'll let you know, we'll read them on the air and, and learn nothing from it. Uh, Steve, what'd you do last week? Uh, so kind of a, kind of a big deal, sad day um, at, uh, at my house. Um, uh, made the decision to make some room 
in the house and got rid of uh, something that had been near and dear to my heart for a long time. Wendy. And that was my, no, no, oh. no, that's the wrong, that's the wrong order and how that's, how that's <laughs> good. um, it, it, the V drums, um, my, my oh. set electronic V drums that I had that were like top of the line when they came out. And that was over 20 years ago. And, uh, I, I really, I really loved those things. And, and for a long time, didn't have them, couldn't have them, didn't have them around. Um, they were in storage at a friend's place and then got them back, played them for a while, the last couple of years. And then we just don't have the space for them. And it, it, they needed to go. I wanted them to get played. And so they went to, uh, um, they went down to a new owner in, in federal way. And I, I, uh, it's, it's sad because I really liked them. Um, they were great. They were yep. great drums. I'm not going to use them live. Um, I'm really, I'm probably not going to record with them. I have an Octopad, which does pretty much the same stuff and it's a lot smaller footprint. And, um, and it, it, there wasn't a logical reason for me to have that giant monster extra set of electric drums around, but they <laughs> were, almost, hang on. Can you tilt your camera down? I want to see if I can see Wendy's hand up your ass making you say this stuff. No, 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 no. It, 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 they just, they needed to go. And um, he looks back I, and shushes I know. her, by the way. <laughs> and I, um, the thing that I was going to say that, that may, that really is kind of bittersweet about it is like, that was my wedding gift from Wendy bought, bought those for me. Um, as as kind of the wedding gift for me to to be able to play, I, I had them when we lived together, Dave. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the that was the set that I had, and um, and it was kind of a bummer to um to move on from that, but uh, sold it to a really cool uh guy down in Federal Way who's just learning how to play, and I took it down, and you know how you do like Craigslist, it's like you know he's like, hey, can I come up and get them, and can you? can you show me how to use them and stuff? And I'm like, well, I really don't want anybody at my house. Yeah. Um, so how about I bring those down to you? And so I drove them down to federal way and he gave me an address and I show up and he didn't give me his house address. He gave so me, Oh, I thought you said he gave you a dress. And he the... gave me a dress to wear a really <laughs> okay. pretty. Well, that's cool. Like a, a blue taffeta yeah. dress. Um, so I, I go down there with, with all the gear and like, I ask him, I'm like, do you have, a set of headphones. He's like, no, I got a speaker. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So I brought my headphones just to, so I could show him and whatever. Um, and I get down there and it's not his house. It's his, it's his business. Um, he and his wife are, are like physicians at this place. And, um, and he's like, yeah, everybody's, everybody's gone now. You can, you can come in. So I, I, I bring this large set is like this big case full of drums. And then this big case, with the, with the rack and, and wiring, they set it up in his, um, in his little, um, clinic, his medical clinic waiting room. And, uh, he's like, yeah, just set it up right here. And, uh, so set it up and I said, okay, so how long have you played drums? He's like, oh, I, I, I don't play the drums. Um, I'm, I just wanted, I just yeah. wanted to learn how to do this. And I'm like, oh, well here, let me run you through 
everything I know about this drum set that is, you know, it, it and that brain, that drum brain goes deep. So it, yeah, he's it's, me, that's what like, I was going to say is those are sophisticated, even they, they made advances and they've changed and there's other bells and whistles, but it's still, those things are still a highly sophisticated piece of electronic equipment. So as I'm running him through, um, how cool this thing is, I'm reminded how cool this thing is. Right. And I'm like, mm. yeah, <laughs> you know, mm. I'm like, Hey, yeah, you can do this. You can set it up. It, it'll, it, it, you can, you can change this. You can do this. You can actually tune each individual drum to do this. You can tune the pitches on this. You can bed the pitch. You can make this, you can put effects on each, um, each one at different times. You can put on a delay. You can actually record drum parts and then math, you know, bounce them over here and then you can do it. And, um, and as I'm doing that, I'm like, God, I could, I could do all the things that I want to do. <laughs> this thing and you know, i i wish i had a set of these you know, <laughs> thing at the end but how much uh, do you want for him yeah he was yeah he was yeah now how much you want for him uh yeah he he um uh he was pretty happy uh with it and uh, handed me a lot of cash and um he said uh you know it was funny i, I just happened to be going through my uh, uh going through my craigslist when i was visiting my parents um you know, you know, in the middle of the country. And I said, Oh yeah, wh where were you? He said, Oh, I was, I was, I was over in Kansas. And, uh, and, and I'm like, okay. Um, what part of Kansas? It's like, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Kansas city, Kansas. But you know, I, um, I went to school in Lawrence and I'm like, <laughs> and so immediately we talk about Lawrence and, and, you know, now we're best friends. So awesome. Hey, you, you, I play the drums whenever I want now. You brought up Kansas. Do you want to hit peach water and then we'll move on? Um, I know. All right. Quick break right here on the Dave and Steve show. We'll be back right after this. Satisfaction. Just in time for winter. Wild Horse Pizza brings you the extra cheesy, extra saucy, extra tasty, sizzling hot meat pizza deal. <laughs> Buy either a meat lover's pizza or present a valid ID that you're over 50 and female and Wild Horse Pizza will knock three bucks off of your purchase. And remember, whether you're a hot podcaster ordering extra cheese or a podcaster's mom craving extra meat, Wild Horse Pizza will satisfy you in 30 minutes or less, or it's free. Wild Horse Pizza. <laughs> the following is a paid advertisement for Time Life's music collection. It was an era filled with 8-track tapes, transistor radios, bell-bottom pants, miniskirts, smiley face pins, and great music on the radio. It was a time... Yes, there was a time long before you could just hit shuffle on whatever streaming service you're listening to, and sadly... You only had a few choices. You joined a record club where you spent a lot of money on record albums you never ordered and amassed an incredibly large personal catalog of music. Or you ended up talking to the Time Life operator. Freedom Rock, The Legends of Swing, AM Gold were all available to you if you called their toll-free number or perhaps they called you and offered many of their other collections over the phone while at the same time making you feel stupid for resisting them. Now, your only way to keep them from rolling over the top of you was to tell them that maybe you had to go because you had a cake in the oven or there was someone at the door. Or maybe you outsmarted them by claiming that you were the professor of music at a state university they had never heard of. This was the type of smarts that were required back in the day to get the best of a call center employee making. 
425 an hour. This has been Tracy. Steve's lies got a time life operator fired. Minute. Hey, Phil in the UK, and I'm the arsehole. Really? <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't. Glenn Miller died during the war. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to Stephen Tracy Home Alone last week because uh, it will it will all be explained on that episode. I feel like uh, I don't know. I feel rested and relaxed after the the trip to Moab. It was nice to get away. That's not a place I would normally go uh, on my own. But I will say that you know, Tracy, to your point in your minute, like you you go and hit these little like on the way back. We stopped at this. It was a, it was effectively a truck stop. I won't say the name of it, but it's a well known chain of truck stops. And it was on the way, and it said the next place of service was. 48 miles away and we both had a piece so we stopped in there and they had they had all the things that have been in truck stops since i was in truck stops with my dad yeah. in 1982 they had the rack of cassette tapes that were all the best of all the collection cassette tapes many of which had the same songs on them that they had in 1982 i pulled one out and showed it to my wife i was like look at this country driving hits and it said like Eddie Rabbit, I love a rainy night, and it's uh, what's the uh, first step? Take her out and treat it like a lady. That one was on, uh, like all those, all those songs were on there. And she's like, we should get it and listen to it. And I was like, we don't have a cassette player. Nobody has a cassette player anymore. Where are we gonna play this? Like, uh, let's uh, let's let's get that and then drive on back to 1994 <laughs> yeah. and uh, pop that sucker in the old yeah. cassette. Yeah. yeah, so it's it is just a it is it's a I don't know I I do I did you guys ever buy I never bought those like I would go into truck stops and things because it was always the same thing for my my taste my taste was very specific especially in my younger years I was into eighties hair metal and everything else sucked and I didn't like anything else now over time I like everything I can listen to just about any style of music and find something I like in it but back then I would I would flip these things over. And you could always tell where they spent their money. There would be like a Bon Jovi track, which is, was a popular band at the time, would have cost yeah. a lot of money. There'd be like a Warrant track, which was, you know, the next tier down, but still decent. And then by track five, it was like three Jethro Toll songs in a row. And you could tell. Yeah, like, and, well, and a B-side uh, Bachman Turner overdrive. Yeah, for sure. yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could tell that they just padded it with the cheapest of cheap tracks that they could get. But as long as they had those three killer tracks on there, that's all people cared about. And so I, I never got into them. Did you guys ever, um, we talked Columbia house, but did you ever pick up those sort of truck stop best ofs? Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did. And I, you know, I found some really interesting, you know, deep cuts um, on there because, you know, you get it for this and then you weigh the pros and cons like, well, this has four songs that I like versus this one has three, <laughs> yeah. but I like yeah. these three better than I like yeah. these four. And yeah, that's that. That yeah. was the, the struggle was real back then. So no, there's a, there there were three that I got. And I mentioned Bachman Turner Overdrive, yeah. and I did get a Bachman Turner a BTO uh, cassette. But I also they also had this other one called Gas, and it was called the Greatest Artist Series, and uh, GAS. See what they did there. Yeah. And so they played. Uh, it, one was a uh, Jimi Hendrix, and it had all songs on it that I've never heard of before. Yeah. And it, it was it wasn't wasn't a good idea because it made me like dislike Jimi Hendrix quite a bit. Like that, that was kind of the end. I can't do that anymore. And then uh, after that, uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, like I was introduced to Y and T. 
right uh, through through this as well so the song mean streak ended up on one of these uh compilations and uh and so the rest was history yeah you can find some really neat little nuggets on those things and and i i got a kick out of buying them and then i bought a few of the cds too that had a wide range of who was on you know what but the truck stop tape uh, tape that i remember most getting was when um my wife and i were uh, we, we weren't married at the time, but we were on a road trip. And so we stopped into a truck stop and we're like, let's get something that isn't the same, you know, nine songs that we, yeah. uh, you know, listened to. Yeah. Um, so we got a book on tape. Um, and I'm like, okay, so somebody's going to read us a book and we're going to listen to that. And when he's like, Oh, I'm game. No problem. So we got one cassette, um, book all on this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's, yeah. all, it's all on this one thing. And we're like, Oh, what? You know, this it's it is not going to be a five hundred page opus. Um, I had no idea how fast things were read or sure. had any kind of appetite yeah. for audio books of any kind. We plugged that thing in and we listened to it and um the tape, you know, tape auto turns over. Um and we listen to the other side, the book's over, and I'm like, that uh that book was really short and um that that turned me off of audiobooks for a long time because I'm like, wow. So this is, this is, this is what book writing is now. It's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's abridged and, um, and it's basically like getting the pamphlet version of the book that you want to read. And it, it doesn't give you any of the details at all. It's like, oh, go, he went over there and he <laughs> shot that guy. And then, uh, then he went outside, got in his car and drove, uh, drove to the police station where he was promptly arrested for shooting a guy. Yeah. And that was the end, <laughs> you know, they, they skip over all the drama in the middle yeah. and, and, all the character what building, a, and all the, a, yeah. Who is buying? Who who was buying a bridged book? Um, and it was not like a, it wasn't like a Grisham or anything like that. It was just a, just some. You know, I don't know who got that. Yeah, made, and if but if you're was, a trucker on trucker speed, that book in that book probably takes about five minutes. Like it, it yeah. seems to go really fast. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> get that in my brain. Yeah, and so here's the 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 last thing I will say on this. When it comes to those cassettes and it comes to that time period in the 70s and the 80s, but especially in the 70s, I feel like every album cover was the band together posing and smiling, sometimes black and white photos, sometimes color. But I feel like every photographer told them before the shoot began, you get you get two things. You can be one of two things. You can either be stoned or you can look like a pedophile. You have to pick one of those two. Stoned. <laughs> <laughs> and that's you 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 can decide we've got a catalog in the back that shows you a lot of pedophiles so you can match a look of the one you like right we have a lot of right. we have a lot of weed in the back if you just want to get stoned and look stoned on the cover but you're one yeah, of the and two it, and don't be the guy saying i kind of want to be a crossover yeah you know yeah, artist yep, like no yep. there isn't you got to kind of do one or the other you can't be stoned and a pedophile and if you guys want to if, if you want the best example of this look up the band that sang the song Brandy, look up oh. I think, Looking Glass. Is that Looking the name? Glass. Yeah. Look yeah. up the cover of the Looking Glass album that contains the song mm -hmm. Brandy on it. You you need to see nothing else. That's the quintessential example that Steve's looking for. It's Steve's best. One hundred percent. Well, um, I, I have a long I have a long and torrid relationship with the song Brandy. I've I've hated it. I've loved it. I've the sailor say Brandy. It's such a uh, weird song. It, I mean, it's literally a song saying, hey, you're only good enough to be a fisherman's girlfriend, so how about you just shut up and bring us a beer? Yeah. 
I mean, it, it is. Oh, it's I like all the other, it's like all the other people going like, hey, she's really pretty, but uh, you know, it's a fishing town. She's never gonna leave. So hey, just uh, sling so your beers. So they kind of went the fifty fifty. They did. They uh, absolutely they, did. They went fifty fifty. They all like did like odds and evens or yes. rock paper scissors yes. or something. And it's like ah. Oh, but crap, that that guy on that, that guy on the bottom left, holy cow! If that guy's not in prison, he should be, because yeah. that's not a look you give if you're a completely innocent human being of anything. No, right. Yeah. No. You're like here. Have some weed. Maybe calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And the the other guy looks like. Paul Stanley's older brother. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move on. Speaking of stone pedophiles, let's find out what Tracy has in the headlines. So I played the wrong one. Damn it. That's all right. After that kind of setup, that was awful. That's, let's, uh, done. hey, Tracy's pedophile on stone. Here we go. Headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza. It's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story, a Texas woman was arrested after an encounter inside a Walmart store where she is accused of offering another shopper up to a half million dollars to buy the woman's baby. Rebecca Taylor, 49, was charged with the sale or purchase of a child and was released from the Houston County Sheriff's Office on a $50,000 bond. Now, the alleged incident occurred at a store in Crockett, Texas, which is near Houston. Uh, the two women were reportedly on the self-checkout line uh, last week, and the mother, who was with her baby and uh, a one-year-old, told police that the woman commented on her son's uh, blonde hair and blue eyes and asked how much he costs. So, so I'm curious as to whether or not the uh, the defendant uh, had the cash on them. Right. Did they have the five hundred grand? No, you don't want to. You don't, you don't want to carry that much money in a Walmart. But. But if, but okay, let's just, let's just play with this for a second. Um, let's just say she had the cash and, you know, maybe, you know, uh, maybe young, you know, uh, I don't know what Skyler is, um, <laughs> was, was acting up that, uh, that right. day. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was a really challenging day and, you know, there's some bills to be paid what, what, what are the odds that, you know, somebody flashes that, that kind of cash, like real, like folding cash at the Walmart. And you're, are you ready to say goodbye to Skylar or how does that work? I, so I think this is brilliant because most parents, especially depending on if they hit the sweet spot on the kid, cause usually about a month and a half into the kid, you're wrecked. You are mentally drained. You are, you're questioning if this was the right life choice that you made. You're thinking about all the vacations you could have taken instead of changing the dirty diapers and having the kids screaming and waking up in the middle of the night and all that. It, I, all I'm saying is this. If I was hit at just the right time with one of the two kids, I won't say which one it is. If I was hit at just the right time on that kid, though, and somebody offered me 500 grand in Walmart, I would have had a tough time turning it down. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it's a yeah. I understand that completely. The report citing the affidavit said the mother laughed off the comment, but the woman allegedly said she had two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in her car. The mom claimed another woman that was with Taylor at one point. The mother said that that woman alerted authorities. Now, however, when the mom got to the parking lot, Taylor pressed the issue further and yelled at the mom that if two hundred fifty thousand wasn't enough, 
then she would pay 500,000 because quote, she wanted him. That she is going to take him. quality kid. That right there <laughs> is a top quality kid. And if you won't take 250 grand, I got 500 in the back of this 93 <laughs> this... Uh, <Chevy> Corsica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Steve, just, I, I'm just spitballing here. I know Zach's a little long in the tooth, but yeah. there's a chance you could get enough out of him to go get those V drums back. And I, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. You percolate on that for a little while. Yeah, I, 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 he's, he's really starting to pay off. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Well, yeah, you that, don't have to, you don't have to make a decision tonight. That's yeah. what I think. That's no, that's difference. what I mean. Don't rush into anything. But, but anybody would even consider selling their child. But if somebody came and asked to buy my dog for 500 grand, I'd kick him in the face. Right. <laughs> Get, out yeah. Get out of here. I'm not selling my dog for anything. That's ridiculous. Well, I, I think the takeaway uh, we are getting from this is like doubling your first offer is not a good negotiation yeah. technique. Yeah. Our second is... story. What does your taste in shoes say about you? Well, quite a lot, apparently, especially if you're, representing a popular candy brand m&ms the iconic chocolate treat that's part of the privately held mars company has a portfolio and uh, announced this week that it's updating the look of its colorful characters the goal is to offer a fresh modern take that underscores the importance of self-expression according to a press release so what does this entail? So changes uh, are coming to a couple of the different M&Ms, particularly the brown and green M&Ms, who are the only two female characters in the mix. The former is kicking off her white go-go boots for a pair of sneakers, while the latter has switched from stilettos to a more practical pair of pumps. Yeah, that's, I mean, sure. I mean, whatever. It, it, is, it is one of those things of like... Uh it's probably time for that change. Like I'm, I'm good with that. I don't care. They're, they're talking peanuts, for, talking pieces of candy for the most part. I don't give a shit, but fine. You, you do you, I will say this about M&Ms. M&Ms were totally fine when they were plain and peanut. And we went for years. We went for 20, 30, 40 years with plain and peanut and we got by just fine. And now if you walk into any convenience store and you look at M&Ms, you can find just about everything, but plain and peanut. It is, there's pretzel filled ones. There's mint ones. There's, ones that have raspberry jam in the middle of them. There's ones that, I mean, there is literally every kind of M&M you can think of. And I can't help but blame the almond. The almond was the first one where M&Ms decided to deviate. They yeah. decided to branch out, try something else. What about M&Ms with almonds in them? And it all went sideways from there. So you see, uh, for me, uh, it all went uh, for me when they got rid of the tan ones. Sure. That and now, now the colors they 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 look a lot more like Skittles, and I I don't want that from my M and M's. I I'm just kind of I'm a purist with I it. But man, brownie and uh, uh, <laughs> okay. So let's yeah right. Let's right. now I got a question though, and it's similar mm -hmm. to the Netflix question. I won't make you do top three. Steve, top candy. You go into a supermarket. They got all the candy you could look for in there. All the candy bars, whatever. What's your go-to? What's your candy bar? What's my typical, what, oh, God, why would you do that to me, man? Just if I had to, it, it would be, uh, I, 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 I love, I love peanut M&Ms. I love Mr. Good bar, the, the peanut chocolate. I like that. Yeah. You're a big oh peanuts my guy. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My answer is exactly the same. 
In fact, I had some Mr. Good Bar before before the show tonight, which is uh, my a lot of listeners don't know this, but maybe this will be on a trivia contest uh, uh, episodes from now. Don't be Uh, a chump. Write this shit down. Okay, (laughs) write it down. So, yeah, that's uh, uh, Mr. Good Bar. I'm sorry to say this. You both got the answer wrong. The correct answer is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. That's number one. It used to be before um, before they started making them with powdered peanut butter, which uh, which is pretty much it, it, like the the peanut butter and the like the quality of those Reese's peanut butter cups has gone down big time. Um, sure, but I I, but yeah, the Trader I, Joe's peanut butter cups are way better than the. No, I've I've never remember a time where Reese's peanut butter wasn't weird. But I kind of liked it because yeah, it was it was it was unique. I'm with you, Tracy. I don't like the Trader Joe type of shishi peanut butter cups that have real like actual peanut. I want what I was gonna say is it's almost like Kraft macaroni and cheese. Those yeah. noodles are not. I don't think they could scientifically be classified as noodles, nor could the powder be scientifically classified as cheese. Yet you put them together, and that's my favorite macaroni and cheese on the planet. Uh, yeah, the uh, box, yeah. If I'm at a good restaurant and they have like the five cheese mac and cheese and all that, sure I'll eat it and I'll enjoy it, but I will always go back to the powdery craft mac and cheese. And and Reese's peanut butter cups are the same way. They're they're weird. They're probably nowhere near peanut. There's probably very few traces of actual peanuts in the peanut butter cup. That's that's my go-to still to this day. And there's nothing wrong with that. I I used to that's I used to love those, but now I I just can't. They're like I, they taste like they mixed too much peanut butter with chalk. Right. Chalk. I'm just gonna keep saying it until All somebody right. else says something. Yeah, well, let's just agree to disagree. That's Wait, I thought ten. you. I thought you guys agreed. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. Hey, uh, Tracy, what else you got? Hey, you know, uh, Danielle Shapiro, 24, wanted to get her money's worth at the $50 all-you-can-eat sushi buffet uh, in Mountain View, California last month. But after indulging a little too much, including 32 rolls of sushi, Uh her uncooked delights left her feeling a little bit raw inside and following the binge. She was rushed to the emergency room with severe stomach pains uh, where she was uh, diagnosed with a severe case of acid reflux. Shapiro shared the experience in TikTok on uh, well, uh, just of course before she Christmas did. in which she shows off the mountains of food she consumed in one sitting and a subsequent trip to the hospital that left her with IVs in her arms. I'm so sorry. I have, I have a picture in my head of what this person looks like. I'm not going to say you can jump to your own conclusions. It may be different from what I have, but I will also say that that dude that eats all the hot dogs all the time, we've talked about him on here before, who is like crazy slender, has thrown yeah. off everything when it comes to what I, w- the mm. picture that I have in my mind's eye when I hear stories like this is no longer, I can't, I can't dock to anything anymore. So my picture may be way off and I'm not going to, Steve, I'll tell you right now, she's 110 pounds in my vision and I don't appreciate you uh, implying that I was thinking the opposite. Back I- to you. I, I have nobody in mind. I was just trying to think of well, whether or not that pile would resemble any of the sushi piles that I have eaten uh, <laughs> in yeah. my forays to the all-you-can-eat sushi buffets that I have gone to that um, I felt like I was trying to catch up for decades of not eating sushi because I discovered it one time when I was like 30. And I was like, I'd never had sushi before. 
I ate it one time and I'm like, I don't know where this has been all my life. I'm going to eat all of the sushi now. And then I tried to. So I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what that pile looks like compared to what I've done and, and the shame that I carry around um, <laughs> from several days of, of, uh, of eating sushi that, that uh, frankly, nobody knows about because there have been times when I went by myself and ate so much sushi that it was absolutely shameful. I still can't eat sushi. I don't, Tracy, you like the sushi? No, I, I, if, if pressed, I'll eat some, right. but I, I never crave it and I don't care. I don't dislike it, but it's like cauliflower. That's, I, I always feel like I'm, I, I always feel like I'm forced to find something on the menu and there's always something I can eat and go like, yeah, all right, that's fine. And I'll eat it. Now I will say this, here's a little fun fact for you to add to the next uh, listener trivia contest. Mm -hmm. uh, I will eat the shit out of a massive bowl of edamame all day long. I love edamame. So I love going to sushi places cause they have that. I can just get a bowl of that and be pretty happy, but I wouldn't say it's filling or anything like that. All right. Back to you, Tracy. Yeah. Anyway, she, uh, she went to her partner's house to sleep it off. And that night, uh, she went to her boyfriend's house and, uh, she had the worst stomach ache, but didn't think much of it. Uh, but, uh, till she got up at 6am, she says, I'm not a morning person, but I knew something was wrong. So not only is she a little glutton, she's very smart too and very in tune with her body. And Steve, you God know this her. You know this place. It was in the town that we lived in before the one that we're in now. Uh, there was this place called Nana Carmela's. I've talked about it before on the show. It was this Italian place oh, out God, on a golf course. I mourn. I mourn that place. That was yeah. so amazing. It was a magical night when you took me there, the, Dave. The guy, I, the guy who ran it, Jim, was this New Yorker who he, he made everything from scratch. It was incredible. He hammed it up for people. He would like, you know, hey, Paisan, and give him some wine, and it was great. And you'd walk in, and you had you immediately had a glass of wine in your hand. Like, it was just magically there, and you ate great food, and you made it all at this bar, and he would hand out samples. He was doing fantastic. So my wife and I went there for the first time not knowing what it was. <clears throat> we knew it was an Italian place, but, of course, we didn't know how good it was. And we ate, and we ate, and we ate. And then when we got done, we had dessert and we drank wine the entire time and it was amazing and i remember vividly and my wife and i laugh about it to this day we walked into that little rambler steve where we lived there in that town we opened the front door both of us in coats and full clothes shoes still on laid down on the living room floor and fell asleep right there we made it through the door we closed the door behind us we both i think i was the first one kind of stretched out and my wife was like oh it looks comfortable climb just climbed right down onto the carpet with me and we were out cold no pillows no one blankets. of the dogs is like just looking sauce <laughs> out the side of your face it was i mean it was we talk about like we were just like two tranquilized bears that just barely made it through the door and then collapsed on the floor oh. yeah that was that was my that's of all the like gluttonous moments in my life that one stands out on top by far our last story, the mayor of an upscale city outside Cleveland is making headlines again for a remark at a recent city council meeting that allowing ice fishing shanties on a city lake could lead to prostitution. Does someone come back next year and say, I want an ice shanty on Hudson Spring Park for X amount of time, Schubert said. And if then you allow ice fishing with shanties, then you know what that leads to? Another problem prostitution now you've got the chief of police and the police department involved it reminds me of tommy boy when she says and that's when the horrors move in 
Like it reminds me of that exact scene. You know, if you're out on the if you're out on the lake and uh, you're 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 out in your 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 shack and you've dug you've dug the hole and and you you got your pole in and you're and you're waiting. Uh, that's a good time to start doing some fishing. <laughs> I see what you did there. That was good. That was really good. Schubert issued a statement that his comment about ice shanties and prostitution stemmed from his experience as a television news reporter covering law enforcement agencies that have been arrested for people of prostitution in shanties and definitely did not come from his own experience with prostitution. Yeah. Right. Good Lord, it makes total sense, though. When you think about it, this is something I've never thought about, but when you think about it, you're sitting in a nice shanty, you got relative privacy, you got a lot of time on your hands because you're waiting for a bite. If yeah. if, a, if a girl comes up and knocks on the door and say, hey, 20 bucks, like, I, I, me personally, I wouldn't, well, first of all, I would never go ice fishing, so I'm never going to be in that position because I, I would right. never right. want to ice fish, but... It's not the prostitution thing's not for me, but I can see where lonely guys up fishing or lonely girls up fishing yeah. one little extra. They got nothing else to do and they got 20 bucks in their pocket. They were going to use it to get some extra bait and a cup of coffee at the mini mart. But hey, how about this instead? Yeah, it's yeah, I just wondered if, if you could pay in fish or bait. So <laughs> you came by and like, um, no, I can't do it for less than four silvers, you know. <laughs> It's yeah, I can't, I can't. A dozen worms. I, I can't relate to the culture here at all. I'm, I'm far too conventional a person, and so like the way my parents raised me, it's just this is the kind of thing you do in uh, gas station bathrooms. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. just uh, that's kind of me yep. personally. It's so, a very hate... that's a very old school traditional way of thinking, Tracy. But I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I mean, I I kind of sometimes just bring that kind of old school mentality too. So that's the news, fellas. All right, we're gonna wrap things up. Uh, it's great to be back. And if you haven't go back and listen to Stephen Tracy Home Alone, which is last week's episode, fantastic stuff on there. I actually, I I will say this, and I will say this in full disclosure, Tracy. Tracy can get a word in when I'm on this show. He has a way of barreling in, and and I mean that in a good way, Tracy, because that's what's required to get a word in edgewise when I'm talking. Steve tends to, he tends to wait, and he tends to pick his moments. And so when you hear Steve without me constantly blathering on, and you get long-form Steve, it's very endearing and very engaging, and I really like those episodes but I always feel I always feel guilty because I realize how much I talk and bogart these conversations on these shows. So, uh, well, I thought about that same thing because there's there there's a lot of things where I think a listener did tell me one time it's like you don't talk as much when you're on with Steve, and it's like because I'm listening to Steve, right? And Why so, is anybody listening to me? Like well, I feel like I'm just trying to help fill the time, and you I know. think you take for granted, and, and and perhaps everyone in your household does too, just how interesting you are. Steve is good at telling a story without a doubt. And he's got a great cadence and he's got a great delivery on stories. But let's not for a moment kid ourselves into thinking Steve's anything else than what he is. And I he's... wanted to speak that out into the air and just see how okay. it felt. Right. You try you it. Know, like trying on a taffeta dress yeah. that uh, someone in, uh, gives me when yeah. I'm giving them my drums. <clears throat> laying your face on the stove and turning it on. That's <laughs> yep. 
All right, let's get the hell out of here. Steve, anything else from you? Nothing good. Tracy, anything from you? Looks like the weather is getting up above into like into the mid 50s. So I'm going to be out exercising. So some of those challenges um, that we'll be talking about are going to be like kind of on my menu for the next week. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Awesome. All right. For Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show.